Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 85 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. You and I both know them, sometimes all too well. Toxic people. They leave us feeling worse after we're with them. And we're going to talk about how to handle toxic people on this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Oh, I haven't done a hey ho in a long time. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey ho. <laughs> it sounded so depressing. At it did have you balanced it out. It's okay. Right, exactly. Oh. Hey, everyone, this is Larry Gates. Hey. I'm here with Armin Asadi. My buddy, my podcasting buddy. We are podcasting about what's next in life. And this is the Reinventory Podcast. We want to help you discover new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures God's called you into. Now, you know what, Armin? There are a lot of different podcasts out there. I have no idea how many, but every day there's more and more coming out. Yep, tens of thousands. And the guy that trained me on podcasting, the podcast answer man, Cliff Ravenscraft, is always announcing new podcasting students that are graduating from his class, you know, 35 40 at a time oh i'm like gosh. wow where are all these people going and those are just one guy training all these future podcasters wow the point being you my friend listening to this podcast have so many options of other podcasts you can listen to and armin and i are just humbled right that on. you are listening to ours absolutely and so we want to thank you for that and we want to in each of these episodes i feel good if we can just give people something to think about something about their lives about how they might impact other people that they can go away and say, you know what, I can make a difference. Hmm. And I want them to be inspired. How yeah. about you? I, I mean, who wouldn't want to be the guy who's inspiring <laughs> someone else? I'm all about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you do that well, so this is good to have you as a partner. Likewise. You can find this show at reinventure.me slash 85. That's the episode number where we're going to talk about toxic people. You probably already know everything and more <laughs> than you want to know about toxic people, but Armin and I are going to talk about that in this episode today. But before we do that, I want to I want to make an announcement. I have another strategic margin workshop coming up in November. And it's uh, November 6th in Minneapolis, and if you feel like your your life is just always in reactive mode, you never really have an opportunity to think strategically about how you lead your life or lead your business or lead your business team. I invite you to be part of the Strategic Margin Workshop. It will be in Minneapolis on November 6th. And if you use the promo code REINVENTURE, you'll save 100 bucks. And it's all day. And I promise you, you'll go away with what I call a margineering plan. And you will find ways in which you can create extra margin in your life to really think through the things that are most, most important. How often do you do these? Is it like once a quarter? Or uh, you... About every six weeks or a month or you know, a little bit more than that. And it depends on the season. I stay away from December's. I stay away from August. <laughs> <laughs> Why know, August? So, well, it's everybody's on vacation, you know. So. Oh, I guess at the end of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not too frequent, but right. sorry, it, it, I was just curious. Yeah, no, it's good. Good question. So let's lead off our mean in our, our episode today with an inspire me. 
All right. Today's Inspire Me is by Bob Marley. I'm proud of you, Larry. I'm really, really proud of you. Well, I thought you might like that. <laughs> I wish I Don't did. worry. <laughs> Be happy. The accent was almost there. No, I, I didn't wish try I had the regular didn't even try the accent. <laughs> so he said, truth is everybody is going to hurt you. You just got to find the ones worth suffering for. Ain't that right? Right. You know, you're going to get hurt by everybody. Yeah. You know, you can't possibly have a relationship that's meaningful with anyone. Yeah. Where you're not going to be hurt by them. I mean, I'm, you know, you can have casual acquaintances or relationships with people that are transactional, like, you know, the waiter or something's probably not going to hurt you. Mm hmm. Usually, yeah. <laughs> serving a meal, yeah. unless you know the one today spilled water all over me. But you know that didn't really hurt either. <laughs> but, but it was kind of funny. That's hilarious. I didn't know that happened. <laughs> yeah. But when you think about the meaningful relationships that you are around, the ones your coworkers, your friends, your family, you are going to get hurt, and there's just not a question about that. But finding the ones worth suffering for, the ones that are worth digging into and leaning into. You know, I mean, when we did our boundaries episode back at episode 73, we're what at 80, 85 now. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that was a pretty popular show. I mean, there quite a few people downloaded that content. I think mm -hmm. people are, you know, really wrestling. How do you put boundaries together? Right. And we talked about why boundary setting is important and we talked about how to set boundaries. But I think there's a lot more that you can do than just the why to set them and how to set them. We really need to talk about how to handle toxic people yeah. that we have in our lives. Yeah, how do you handle me, Larry? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're toxic. <laughs> <laughs> and when I when I do think you are, you're just I ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> Dismiss me. I mean leave. <laughs> yeah, that's just an Armenianism coming out. <laughs> but we we are gonna talk about some handling toxic people in our lives. I really love there's a demotivational poster. You know, I keep talking about despair.com, <laughs> right? Yeah. I love those. They're they're funny. <laughs> but they have this picture of this football player that's being, you know, he's holding a football, but he's he's getting walloped. I mean, he's, he's fallen on his back and he's, I mean, it's going to, it's a hit. Okay. It is a big hit. You know, it's one of those, whoa, crowd stopper kind of hits. <laughs> and the poster says success. Some people dream of success while other people live to crush those dreams. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Those people really exist. Yeah. It's and there are crazy. people that are, yeah, they're out, they're out in force. And then there are people that you just don't know what you get when you walk into a meeting, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. they're pleasant and sometimes they're toxic yeah i worked with a guy one time that was like that he was the cfo of a company i was running oh wow and he's technically very very competent very competent mm. but there would be days when he'd walk in and he's as pleasant as all all get out very collegial very inviting ask questions gets engaged and then there are days where you like he'll bite your head off hmm. weird and, and not in just a go away kind of mode, but actually in a very attacking kind of way. So, you know, you, there's something going on there. Okay. You know, lots of toxic, yeah, lots of toxic people like that. Have you had experiences that way? You know, I see it more often when it's not directed towards me. It's weird how often I run into it where somebody has a mutual friend and they're just bashing this other person oh, mm -hmm. because of their success. Yeah. Right. So they're nitpicking at the things they're not successful at so they're successful in business so they nitpick these other things right oh yeah we always like to find a vulnerability in the person who's successful yeah as if somehow finding someone else's vulnerability makes us better than they are yeah and it's weird they're not attacking me they're attacking and it doesn't even matter if i know that person or not mm -hmm. but more often than not i know the person and they're a good friend 
but it's still super toxic to me. I just don't want to be around that because the next time I see them in the same room together, I just think you're full of crap. Why are you pretending to be this person's friend when all you're going to do is just sit there and watch and nitpick at the things that they're not good at because it's not because you even want what they have. You just don't want them to have it. Yeah. And you don't know all the motivations that go on behind somebody doing that, but the behaviors can run from you know, fairly mild toxins where, you know, there's somebody that might say a negative comment or make a remark that is a little bit judgmental, you yeah. know, toward them to out and outright uh, hostility and behavior from people who you would expect something different from. For instance, I mean, parents can often be toxic toward their kids. Their expectations of their kids right. can be so great that they never affirm them. They always find something wrong yeah. with them, and they find that they can never live up. The kids can never live up to what the parents seem to want. Yep. And it leaves you feeling hollow. I mean, if you're a kid with uh, living under that expectation, you know, you go back to the shame episode. You know, where we <laughs> we did well, a year ago almost. And, you know, you just feel like you are less of a person mm. when you're around them. I mean, that's what toxins do. Toxins take something from you. They damage you. Yeah. And when you're around toxic people, you can feel damaged. Yeah. That's literally how you feel walking away is you feel like you're not whole anymore. Yeah. Now, have you had experiences like that in your own life? Yeah, I mean, where you've been around toxic people that have made you feel. Yeah. You know, one of the weirdest places I, I had those experiences is uh, church. Mm. I remember getting hired on at the church I was working at and I thought it, I thought it was a brave move on behalf of the pastoral staff. To hire you, given your history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as a drug lord and right. kingpin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For those who haven't listened to episode one. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so weird because I watched these people who celebrated my conversion uh-huh. out of my old life into a new life. But as soon as a senior leader, that happened to be the same senior leader th- these other people had, put me in a position that was closer to him. Uh-huh. It was crazy how those same people that celebrated it all of a sudden turned into these incredibly toxic people uh-huh. where all they could do is tell me everything that's wrong with me and uh-huh. why I shouldn't be in the position I was in. Yeah, And it wasn't like one day, first quarter, right. first five months. Right. It was like throughout the entire experience. Mm. I could never figure it out, but I remember I literally would walk away every time thinking... Did they make a mistake? Mm-hmm. Am I making a mistake by being here? Mm-hmm. Am I hurting people by being here? Yep. Am I, you know, I, you start asking all these Well, that's the questions. problem. I mean, it, you get yourself, let me think about it as a real toxin. If you get exposed to a toxin like an acid, it mm-hmm. eats away at you. Yeah. To the point where you become less of a person because you are left in a worse condition mm-hmm. and you do start questioning yourself. You start thinking, oh, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And at some point in time, you might rise up against it and out of anger, you know, oh, totally. to self-defense because yeah. you're, you've got to protect yourself in some way. And, there, you know, there's lots of different ways we can deal with toxic people in our lives. So I, I, I want to talk about three. The first is we can spread the toxins. <laughs> Which is a very natural ability for a lot of people. <laughs> it is. This is this is one of the harmful responses we can have to a toxic people yeah. is to engage in it in anger. Yep. You know, because when we do that, 
then you know we get our dander up and then we go after them yeah and they explode and and we explode right and other people get caught up into it and basically it's like turning the fan on yeah and toxins go flying everywhere our last episode 84 on empathy i think can help with that because if we start to see that toxic people have their own challenges which is why they engage in toxic behavior they just don't know how to do it positively yeah you know it's the old line hurt people hurt people yeah and when we can remember that if somebody's hurting someone if we can take a look inside and go you know they're doing that out of their own hurt out mm-hmm. of their own need you know it can develop compassion for them but if we rise up in anger you know we are no different than the toxic person and in fact we'd look no different than the toxic person we do ourselves damage there if we look too trigger happy to go after right. the toxic person yeah especially if it isn't our boundary to set you know, very true. And, uh, and if you do it in anger, I'm not talking about not confronting it. I'm talking about how you go at it and you, you know, you create a bigger mess than, than you could. So that's one approach you can take is to spread the toxins. Right? Yeah. Don't do the angry reflex. The, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's hard not to, because you are being attacked, you know, and it might be outright or whatever. And you might just be fed up with it because mm-hmm. somebody in your life is constantly, constantly putting you down or constantly saying things about you or constantly undermining you. I worked with somebody that did that yeah. and it was really hard to deal with because you couldn't have a direct confrontation about it right. because it was like <laughs> they deny it, you know? Yeah. But you can also, instead of spreading the toxins, you can also run from the toxins and this is the polar opposite, right? So yeah. instead of engaging in it and going to battle and getting it all, all over yourself and others, you could also run from it. And that is to, you know, avoid it altogether. And, and that's like uh, living in a hermetically sealed baggie you know? <laughs> <laughs> zip up and hope nobody helps. And, and it's just a form of protection, self-protection. We don't want right. to get messy. Just from my personal experience in the past is uh, when, when I ran from it, just because sometimes it would be a leader, yeah. right? And I, yeah. I get nervous. I'm like, oh, I don't want to lose yeah. my credibility with yep. this leader, right? Yeah. But they're being incredibly toxic for whatever reason, right? Yeah. And, I, and I can find ways to empathize based on what they were going through. But because I wouldn't deal with it directly from them, I would run away from it. I wouldn't deal with it. So it would end up in my house and I would take my anger out on oh, my yeah. right. wife, right? So sure. I would, but I, but I would run away from it. But then I would go back to point one that you were making and I'd go spread it. To someone else who had nothing to do with right. that situation. Yeah. Why are you taking this out on me? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm an what easy target? Right. You know? <laughs> well, the, the problem with running from toxins, of course, uh, running from the toxins and avoiding it altogether is that, that it doesn't help the toxic person change. Mm-hmm. And you are being harmed by the behavior, and it's likely that other people are being harmed by the behavior. So yeah. running and avoiding from it and just covering up entirely and trying to seal yourself in a baggie doesn't actually work because you're going to get hit anyway. Yeah, The baggie is not impenetrable. You right. know, it's going to happen. Yeah. So taking a total disengagement approach isn't the right one either. But there are ways that you can contain the toxins, and I think that's what we need to talk about today. I, I want to hear this just because I'm dealing with <laughs> an individual right now and my my reaction lately has just been to flare up and I want to do a stranglehold and yeah. like put some jujitsu moves on him. Absolutely. <laughs> you play those fantasies in your mind. But I don't. And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the opportune time to do it. And I haven't yet. So it's only been the last probably two, three days. So I'm actually eager to hear this because I want to apply this. Well, here's the challenge in terms of containing anything. It's kind of like being on the bomb squad. Mm -hmm. You can't go in passionately to defuse a bomb. You're likely to, in your exuberance, cut a wire and blow yourself up. You know, you can't take a bomb and go, 
rattling it, hoping that maybe if you hit it with a hammer, it will defuse. Yeah. You know, you go in. Good analogy. <laughs> you go in very dispassionately. You mm. have to go in with a plan. Mm. And in order to defuse a bomb, you have to kind of know what your game plan is. You don't just go in hoping that you can figure it out because yeah. trial and error doesn't work real well in defusing a bomb. That's a good point. Because <laughs> you only get one chance That's to true. make a mistake, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to oversimplify this because, you know, obviously when you're dealing with a toxic person, it's toxic over a longer period of time. We're not talking about a situation that's going to actually kill you if you get right. something wrong. But I think the point that I'm trying to make is that it's one thing to have toxic people in our life and know that we're annoyed by them, but it's quite another to actually give some thought to what are constructive ways to help them change their toxic behavior and how might I be contributing to their toxic behavior. Yeah. And you have to approach it as dispassionately as a bomb diffuser does. Go in with a game plan, but I'm not going to let the situation dictate my response. Mm. I have to just know what my game plan is and move through it. So is that a matter of being emotionless? Uh, no, you might show some emotion because it has an impact on you. you yeah. know? So I mean, for instance, if somebody's hurt you, it's helpful probably for them to see the degree to which you've been hurt. Yeah. You know, I remember one time with one of my colleagues at Cray, we would have this banter back and forth and, you know, we kind of do this little teasing in a, in kind of a cutting way Yeah, and she'd give it to me and I'd give it back to her thinking that we were having fun. And one time, you know, when she got plied up at a party, <laughs> she came up to me and she says, you know, Larry, I really, I really hate it when you do that. Oh. I hate it when we do that, you know, oh. I was like, wow, I really didn't know. But she had to kind of get a little drunk to tell, me, <laughs> to tell me for her, I was a toxic person. Oh, wow. You know, for her, she was taking the barbs that I was giving her and huh. in retaliation for those that she's giving me, I actually didn't find her to be toxic. I thought that was kind of fun, it was but I bonding think for you probably. <laughs> it was kind of, it was a little bit bonding for me. It was a little collegial, it was a little fun, fun play, but I think she took what I said, and it's possible that I started it, uh, and she responded uh, by giving me back, and I just kept it going, thinking that that's what she found as kind of tolerable corporate oopsie. relational <laughs> conversational <laughs> play, and it didn't work very well. You know, so she had to tell me that I was the toxic person. She oh, didn't use wow. the word toxic, but right. she did say that that, that hurt her. Hmm. And it took her a little, a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of liquid to, to amount to. But if I hadn't seen the emotion in her, in her eyes, and also, you know, just in her face, that it was important to her. I mean, our relationship was great. It changed yeah. immediately that day. Yeah. But I just wasn't even aware of it. Hmm. So the key is somebody that may be toxic to you might not be toxic to somebody else. Yeah. And they may not even know that they're toxic to you. Right. You know. So is it okay to have emotion? Yeah. I, I don't think. You need to be absent emotion. When I say dispassionately, I'm I'm saying that you you're not going to engage out of your emotion. Okay. But you certainly should express emotion if that's appropriate. And it's not out of anger, it's out of really just conveying the depth of the harm that you may have felt right. as a result of the toxicity. But I think that there's some things that you have to do first. And part of putting the game plan on is what I might call toxic triage, right? Okay. <laughs> and so the first question you probably want to ask is is this someone that you want to avoid but cannot? You mm -hmm. see, avoidance is a really good test of whether somebody's toxic or not because we're generally self-protective. Yeah. 
And you can kind of tell the people that you just rather not be around because yeah. they leave you feeling pretty crummy. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you know you want to avoid them, but for some reason you can't, you know, you're working with them, they're, <laughs> they're a family team. member, yeah. you know, there's a lot of reasons why you might not be able to avoid someone. That might be uh, the signal that you're dealing with a toxic person. So first mm-hmm. of all, you know, you need to identify who the toxic people are. And so those are likely to be the people you're trying to avoid and yeah. usually those that you can't. Second is to ask yourself, what demands do you feel like they're making upon you? So that's the toxin. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like for instance, uh, in the example that you gave earlier, yeah, when you became the pastor or one of the pastors, you had people coming at you and making comments. What what were some of the demands they were trying to make upon you in that? You know, it it's weird because I don't think their demands were practical. It was almost no, they never are. Yeah, it was almost like they saw me on a pedestal all of a sudden based on position. Strictly because of position and based be, based on the fact that a senior leader that they respect so much put me or brought me closer to him rather than them, right? Right. So it wasn't a matter of making a demand. It was more like trying to bring me off that pedestal, like making sure that I knew that I didn't deserve to be there. They wanted you, by, based on everything that they were telling you. Yeah. And the way you felt about what they were saying is they wanted you not to be in the position that you were in. Right. Yeah. So they were asking of something of you that was inappropriate for them to demand of you. Yeah. And that is exactly what you said earlier. And that's how you know you have a toxic person Yeah, because their demands are unreasonable. And usually their demands are not anything that have anything that might even be in your control, mm-hmm. you know, so you could very well live out the purpose of what you need to do. And the toxic people around you are just going to be toxic. It's like, you know, haters are going to hate, hate, hate. <laughs> Taylor Swifting it up. <laughs> they did hate. <laughs> but if you don't name that toxin, you see the importance of what you just did was that you identified the fact that it was unreasonable. Hmm. Because otherwise you'd always be thinking, how can I please them? How yeah. can I placate them? Yeah. And until you understand that you cannot placate you, you can't placate that by giving into their demand because otherwise your only option to placate them would be to resign. Yeah. And then that wouldn't be fulfilling. Or hide. Or hide. But still hiding isn't placating them. They're still there. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not. Hiding is only self-protection. It doesn't do anything to get rid of the fact that toxins are still there. Yeah. It just, it's just a form of protecting yourself. It's true. But the only option you'd have would be to resign. Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't feel good about yourself because they would have triumphed over that. Yeah. And it would have just given them fuel to do that. And eventually I would have just raged anyway. (laughs) It would have created your own toxins. You see, their toxins would would have spilled into you. The next question you have to ask is, is this person important to you? So they're making a demand on you, Mm. right? And you have to ask, is that person important to you? Mm. And you have to say, no, that person, while I consider them of value... Yeah. They are not my boss. I don't have to su- report to them. They're yeah. not my spouse. I don't have to live with them. They're not somebody else in my family who I don't get to choose whether they're in my family or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they are not critically important to you. Hmm. And if they're not important to you, then you just ignore it, say no to it. I mean, you just say, I'm sorry. You, you know, you feel that way, but that's, you know, that's a no. Yeah. It's, it's what it is. And I'm going to go on living healthy because I do not need to get my grade from you. Mm. You're not important enough to give me a grade. I love that. 
It's hard to decide though sometimes. No, it is. <laughs> it is. But if you but you, that's part of the reason why this is kind of like a bomb diffusing, you know, you have to go in and you have to actually give some thought to it. Right. Because there are going to be people in your life and I really celebrate my niece in this because mm. we were having a conversation about this. And I mean, my niece is over 40 now. And she, she said she had a friend who was just so toxic in her life mm. that she finally just said, you know, we just need to end this. Mm-hmm. After many attempts at trying to express how things were going, how she was perceiving what was being said, yeah. all the criticism that kept coming, toxic people do not praise toxic people's language is a language of critique yeah. and criticism. And you can never, ever, ever satisfy a toxic person. What that. is that? Like, okay. So if there's anything I've realized about toxic people, I swear it just feels like there's a question that runs through their brain that they can't stop asking every time they're in front of someone. Sorry, I sound bitter already, but, but it's like they keep asking this question of what's wrong with this person and they just look for the things that are of fault in you, you know? Like, and, sure. And, and I just don't get it. It's building yourself up by tearing somebody else down. Ah, like, well, what does that get people? I don't get it. It drives me nuts. And I'm not good at psychoanalyzing people, so that's just something that frustrates the life out of me because I just, I don't get it. What, do you, what purpose does that fulfill? Why yeah. do people even do that? Well, when you stand in judgment over someone, you feel like you have power. And part of the problem of toxic people is they feel powerless. Hmm. And the way they exercise power in their own mind is to pronounce a judgment. That's why the, the empathy episode is so important because you yeah. know, having empathy is powerful because you can help break that down. Yeah, and I guess that's why I'm asking is I want to empathize. I want to just figure out, like, why do you do that, whoever this person is, Billy Bob, you know, that's sitting in front of me. It's so obvious when they do it, you know. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, I'm... I, no, that's rabbit good. Trail. No, it's not a rabbit trail at all. So now let's suppose now that you have someone who's toxic in your life and they are important to you. you yeah. Know? Now, what are the questions that you have to ask yourself then? And this is part of that, putting that game plan together about how you're going to defuse your bomb. Yeah. So one of the questions I think you need to ask is what's the one behavior that triggers your desire to avoid them? In other words, what is it that they do that causes you to not want to be with them, that causes them to be toxic to you. And find out if you can identify it as a specific behavior, especially if it's at a specific time. So the second question is, when does that behavior occur? Yeah. So you might find that there are toxic people that are only toxic when they're in the presence of other people. Mm-hmm. One-on-one, they're fine. Yeah. You know, But when you're in the presence of another person, they become toxic. Now, I used to work with a guy at Cray, and I worked for him. Yeah. And he was a hard-charging guy. I mean, just like, boom. And he would be very critical. I used to have a fair number of women working on my team. Okay. And uh, and he had no women working on his team. Oh. And so he made a few sex, sexist comments to me about... Oh yeah, you just got a bunch of women working for you. Like I'm like, you know what? These guys, these women are performing better than some of the men that I've hired. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm like, and I push back on him like that. Yeah. You know, and yet he just keep kind of coming at me in that way. Hmm. And in everything, you know, we went out to get some pizza one time uh, as a group, his whole staff. Okay, and they're all ordering beers, right? Yeah. And I order a vanilla sprite. And guess what I got for ordering oh, no. a vanilla? So I, you know, it was all lambasting, you know, as I got the vanilla spray, you know, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Okay. 
when I went out to that same pizza restaurant, just one-on-one with him, like a month later, I ordered my vanilla Sprite and he said to the waitress, I'll have one of those too. (laughs) (laughs) Curiosity got the best of them. You know, in the presence of other people, they behave a certain way because they want to project an appearance of being a certain way. It's all about perception, right? It's about perception. Yeah. And so when you look at what is the behavior that is toxic to you that you're trying to avoid and when does it occur? And then ask, how might I have contributed to it? Hmm. Because there's always something by which you might not be the ally you could be for them. Hmm. So if people are toxic toward us, it's oftentimes because not only are they perhaps jealous or whatever, but they don't feel like you're allied with them. And so, you know, you go back to your situation and, you know, there are probably some people there that could have felt more allied with you. Yeah. And there might've been ways in which you could have built those bridges. And I see that in my own life too. And I look back on relationships that I had that, that were toxic that way. So think about the behavior and what ways might you contribute to it and what changes can be made. And oftentimes the place you have to start on a change that can be made before you can even have a conversation with someone is to enter into that forgiveness. They have said something that's wounded you and you have to start with forgiveness. And I love what Lewis Smead says here. He said, you will know that forgiveness has begun when you recall those who hurt you and feel the power to wish them well. Hmm. Wow. Isn't that good? Yeah. And I think that that's a key a point. Biblical. Very, very much so, right? right? Yeah. Bless your enemies, pray for them. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And turning the other cheek and all of that stuff yeah, is yeah. part of, of surrendering in a way the, the retribution instinct that we like to have. We mm. like to get back at them. Yeah. But that only spreads the toxicities. So those are some of the things that you can do to kind of triage, get your game plan together. And of course, you know, going into the empathy episode too and some other techniques that you can have to have a meaningful conversation with them. And look for door openers. Look for opportunities where you can have private conversations. So one of our episodes, I believe it was the emotional intelligence episode. Is that yeah, right, Armin? Yeah. We talked about when I, I feel because I would like and mm-hmm. uh, use that formula. So go back and listen to that emotional intelligence episode if you're wondering about what Armin and I are talking about. But that's a good way to engage in that conversation. Yeah, you know what's interesting about what you're saying is I remember one of the people that I was dealing with this issue with, I remember I finally had the conversation with them and I just had the conflict and I set my anger aside which is a very special thing for me to be able to do. <laughs> and I remember having the conversation and I was very genuine with them. And I quasi followed that process because I didn't really know that process at the time. And you know, it was interesting because I, I went into it with so much anxiety because I just honestly, I didn't want to have the conflict because this, this was a person that was in leadership within that organization, not maybe staff, but mm-hmm. whatever other kind of positions and leadership there are there. And I had that conversation with them, two weeks of anxiety going into this conversation. And I remember just having a very open, honest conversation about, hey, I just want to know what I did wrong and what happened for this to be taking place. And it was so weird how the progression of that conversation went because at first it was kind of like this denial process Mm. and I kept processing, processing and it got to the point where they finally, this person realized what they were doing and until they extroverted what was happening, they didn't even realize how much of it that they were doing. And it was just, it was just long story short, it was a really weird, weird process mm. because it, it was a kind of like a self-realization process for sure. that person. And then it got finally to the end of it. And I, the guy didn't even know why. 
right. why he was even doing that. It was just kind of like, I, I honestly don't know. I, it may be jealousy. I, I have no idea. And you know, one of the things that I think really keeps from creating resolution and building the connection and detoxifying a relationship is that we demand to know why somebody does something. Yeah. And I think when we let go of that demand and just say, you know, it doesn't matter why you did it. Let's yeah. just not do it. Yeah. You know, if we can find a way to not do it, regardless of why they did it, we all, we get so hung up in why, you know, somebody dies, we want to know, well, why, how did they die? You know, yeah. what was the cause of death? Yeah. You know, and it's the same kind of thing when we get hurt, we, we somehow want to know what, what was the rationale or the motivation or the reason why somebody hurt me mm -hmm. and grace, I think, and forgiveness comes from just saying, I don't need to know that. Yeah. And that's really an important part to just let it go. Because as soon as you ask why, then you enter into causing the other person to get defensive about it again. Yeah. And it just I spurs it all, all back up. Right on. Yeah. And then yeah. they feel like you're judging them. <laughs> I probably am majority of the time. So I'm not, <laughs> I won't deny that. <laughs> well, we're, we're over time on this episode, so we probably need to wrap with a challenge me on this. Yeah, I don't want to challenge. I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> All right, well, here's the challenge for me. <laughs> You're going to get it anyway. Right. <laughs> Who do you know that's toxic in your life? It might be a coworker, a family member, a friend. And just simply put your game plan together. Walk through that toxic triage. And, and mm. let us know on our show notes at reinventure.me slash 85 how it goes. I will not do that. Just say, I'm just not going to do that. I'm just kidding. If you guys did like this and if you guys are going to follow that challenge, please make sure to follow up with us on rudimentary.me backslash 85. Comment on our show notes. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, uh, I don't even, everything, including Pinterest. Uh, what we would really, really appreciate is if you guys would be willing to leave a comment or review on iTunes or Stitcher. And you can find that by just going to reinventure.me backslash iTunes or backslash Stitcher. And favorite thing of ours is if you would actually call in. And that number is, what, yeah, what is that 612 612-314-5447. We'd love to hear your voice. Yeah, seriously. Give us a call. Yeah, become human to Pick us. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Like I said, we have so many podcasts that you can listen to. Right. And we really, truly are honored that you chose to be with us today. Absolutely. So until next week, we hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.